Hi, this is Baruch Hecht, Director of Admissions at Tiferes in Morristown. If you'd like to learn more about us, then we'd like to learn more about you. Visit us on the web at www.theworldsgreatestyeshiva.com. That's theworldsgreatestyeshiva.com. Or visit us in person. Call today to schedule your tour and your visit. You can reach me on my cell phone at 973-668-3219. That's 973-668-3219. Looking forward to hearing from you. But you notice we don't have any chumashim in front of us. And the reason is because uh, there's one verse we're going to be focusing on. Actually, two words. And you don't need the text in front of you now. The words we're going to be focusing on is that the Torah says that God remembered Noah. At which point is this taking place? This is after the flood. And Noah is in the ark. And then it says, God remembered Noah. And then Rashi says, why did God remember Noah? And Rashi says that the prayer of Tzadikim that God transforms the attribute of judgment to the attribute of mercy. The power of prayer of Tzadikim is so strong that it could transform the attribute of judgment to the attribute of mercy. Okay, so today our class will deal with prayer, the power of prayer, what prayer is about. That's, this will be the focus for today's class. What's the Hebrew word for prayer? Tefillah. That's right. So this is a class in Tefillah. Now we will begin with an How many prayers do we have per day? Three prayers per day, okay? We have a morning prayer, then we have an afternoon prayer, and then an evening prayer, three prayers. In Hebrew it's called Shacharis, that's the morning prayer, Shacharis. The afternoon is called Mincha. The evening is Myra. Okay? These are the three prayers. Now, the question is, which is the first prayer? And which is the third prayer? Innocent question. What's the first prayer? What's the third prayer? Myra was the first one? Yeah. Myra was the first one, huh? No, no, chakras. Chakras begins the day. Well, that's the simple answer to the answer. Myra begins the day. After Minka, we say Myra. Myra begins a new day. Right. Okay. The error. The error. Uh huh. The error. The error. The error. Then the morning, the afternoon. Uh-huh. And others say, first you have the morning prayer, the afternoon and the evening. That, talk, we have two opinions, right? Okay, that's what we're going to discuss today. I heard a second opinion. Right, we have a second opinion that says the morning is first. Okay, two opinions. Because you said it was an innocent question. That's right. Okay. 
this is what today's class will be about, the order of prayer. Okay, prayer. The order of prayer, and this will lead us to understand what prayer is all about. Now, we have to first understand that in the Jewish calendar, what you said before is right, that the night begins before the day. First the night and then the day. And we'll see later on why. We'll get to the reason for this later on. Why does the Jewish day begin at night and then to the day? Why doesn't it begin in the morning and then go to the night? That we'll see later on. But, but that's the fact. The fact is that our day begins at night and then turns to the day. But it's not so in everything. In certain things, you have the day first and then the night. Now, which things is that true? The day is before the night. You'll be surprised. In the base of Migdash, in the temple, concerning all the laws of sacrifices, the laws of the temple, day comes before night. Okay? So again, in the Jewish calendar, the night is before the day. The exception is in the holy temple, the day is before the night. First is the day and then the night. So there are two ways of looking at our day. Either you start at night and go to the day, or if you're in the temple, it starts at day and it goes to night. Specifically, when we say that in the temple it starts from the day and goes to the night, this is in reference to various laws. For example, when we have a sacrifice in the temple, we can eat the sacrifice only up to a certain point. You can't just keep on eating it. You have to finish it within a day, or sometimes two days. Within a day. What does within a day mean? It means day and night. That's one day. If it's two days, it should be a day and a night, a day and a night. It's not that way for a technical reason, but the principle is it's a day and a night. So in the temple, the day is first and then is the night. And later on we'll see why is it that way. Why is it that way? Why does our calendar normally begin at night and then the day? And in the temple, vice versa, first day and then night. What's the reason for that? We'll see later on. Now the Hebrew word for sacrifices is kotshim. Kotshim. What's the root of the word kotshim? Kodesh. Kodesh. Kodesh means holy. Kodesh, holy. Sacrifices are called kotshim. Why are they called kotshim? Because sacrifices are a holy service to God. Okay. Now this leads us to the next step. Prayer. Does prayer follow the pattern of kotshim? Kotshim means sacrifices. Or does it follow the pattern of night first and then day? which is the normal pattern. That normal pattern is called the pattern of... Um, see, I asked you before this question, why does our day begin at night and then first night and then day? Okay? The simple answer to this question, without going deep, the simple answer is because that's the way God created the world. What did God create first, night or day? First was night. The Torah keeps on saying, by he Arab, it was night, Ahibaika was day, first day, second and third day. First came the night, then came the day. 
This is the reason why our calendar begins with the day begins with night and then day. So Maisabrachis creation, Maisabrachis creation. When you see, when you look at creation, the night is first, then you have the day. When you look at Kotshim, Kotshim is sacrifices. First you have the day and then you have the night. It's a different order. Now, getting back to the question, Tefillah, prayer. Does Tefillah follow the pattern of creation, which is night first, day second? Or does it follow the pattern of sacrifices, which is first day and then night? Sacrifices. Huh? What did you say? Well, maybe we done chakras first. Who told you that? Maybe we done chakras first. My father just explained that there's another pattern of a day. By Kachim, the day starts by day and then the night. So the question is prayer. Does prayer follow a pattern of first chakras, Minchen ben Maira, morning, afternoon, evening? Or does it start with evening, morning, and afternoon? Prayer is replacing the sacrifices, so it has to follow the kachim, the sacrifices. I would say. Okay. So everyone agrees now, right? Now we have a consensus. No. Before you all disagree. I'm still thinking it over. Now you're all changing your mind, right? No, I don't agree. Let's have a vote. I'm yeah, what are you saying? I'm still thinking because to me, it's, it seems to me that you're talking about the temple. There was no chakras. There was just sacrifices in the temple. We didn't have chakras. But Am I correct? No, no, because chakras, the morning prayer, corresponds to the morning sacrifice. Every every day you had two to meet in two days. The morning and the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Corresponding to the morning sacrifice, we pray Shachas, the morning prayer. Corresponding to the afternoon one, we have the afternoon prayer. Okay. So, so therefore, Rachel says that if that's the case, then Tefillah, the first prayer, is Shachas, the morning. And Arvis, the evening prayer, is the last one. I'll still say it's the first one. You still say that the evening well, prayer is the first, first one. one. Okay, now the answer to the question is that you're both right. <laughs> You're both right. But not completely. But not completely. And I'll soon tell you when I completely. But let's first begin that you're both right. Okay, that way we'll make peace. <laughs> Prayer has two elements. It has an element of sacrifices, kachim. It has an element of It has two elements. Because it's similar to kachim, to sacrifices, so therefore, Shachas would be first. The morning prayer is first. But it's also similar to creation. So therefore, Avavis is first. The evening service is first. So both are true. In certain ways, Shachas is first. The morning prayer. And in certain ways, Mairav is first. The evening prayer. Now I'm going to explain how that works. Tefillah. Is Tefillah a Torah law? Or is it a rabbinic law? So one opinion is rabbinic law. Okay. Any other opinions? The answer is, oh, we have two opinions. Progress. Okay. Torah law. Okay. The answer is that... Well, you have to put on the tefillin 
No, don't mix tefillin with prayer. Tefillin is part of the tefillin. Tefillin prayer. is not part of prayer, no. Tefillin is a distinct mitzvah. The only blessing that we I thought you don't blessing No, 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 no. We happen to pray together with tefillin. But tefillin has nothing to do with prayer. Because prayer you do on Shabbos and you don't have tefillin either. Right. Which is actually a blessing. It's not even a, it's not a tefillin, right? That's right. So it's not, we're, we're so you're saying it's a rabbinic? Okay. Now, the answer to the question is. <laughs> Say it again. The answer to the question is that it's a dispute. <laughs> it is a dispute between Maimonides and Nachmanides. According to Maimonides, prayer is Torah law. It's a Torah obligation. Also, explain that. Maimonides. Okay. Nachmanides says it's rabbinic. Now, According to Maimonides, that it's a Torah law, well, then we have a question. Pesley just asked a question. We know that the only thing that you have to say is the grace after meal, benching, bichas amazon, and that's it. There's nothing else in Torah. Well, the answer to this question is, according to Maimonides, that the Torah law that says you should pray does not say how you should pray. It doesn't say what you should say, what you should do. When it comes to grace after meal, it's designated what you have to say. But when it comes to prayer, the original Torah law does not designate what you should pray. Pray whatever you want. Okay? Now when I say pray whatever you want, I'm going to define that. That means um, prayer has, has... Prayer means that you ask God for your needs. That's prayer. Now you can do that in any language... You can do it any way you want. Long, short, use your own words. That's the Torah law. Rabbinic law, eventually, as history unfolded, rabbinic law uh, developed that you have, that, that we say Shemayna Esrei. The 18 blessings. Shemayna Esrei. This was a, an, an additional law which the rabbis added in the times of um, the end of the first temple period beginning of the second temple period, that's when they added the text of prayer. So the text of prayer is clearly midrabbanan, it's a rabbinic law. But the origin of prayer, forget about the text, the origin, according to Maimonides, is a Torah law. Okay, so the text of prayer is clearly rabbinic. Okay, but is, to but, but is prayer itself a Torah law? Uh, concerning that, it's a dispute. Maimonides says yes, Nachmanides says no. Oh, where's the origin of prayer in the Torah? Good, that's the next question. Very good. Where does the Torah say? Nowhere does it say in the Torah, thou shalt pray. It doesn't say anywhere, v'hispalaltem. It doesn't say anywhere you should pray. And yet Maimonides claims that it's a Torah law. He has a source in, in the Gemara. But, but how do we know that in the Torah? So Maimonides quotes two verses from the Torah. Verse number one is the Pasuk Mishpatim, 
when the Torah says va'avadatem as Hashem elekechem you should worship God then he brings the second verse he says worshiping God what does that mean how do you worship God there's another verse that says you should worship God with all your heart so the Talmud says my mind is quotes this what worship do we do with all our heart answer to feel a prayer prayer is worshiping God with all our heart okay so where does the Torah say you should pray it doesn't say anywhere you should pray it says you should worship God with your heart and how do you worship God with your heart that's prayer that's so, no well that's what Maimonides says Maimonides says this, these are the verses he brings and this is the source for prayer Well, you're asking, uh, you're asking two questions. Your second question is more involved. Okay. First, let me first let me do you your first question. I'm glad you're asking this question because that way I'll explain this more. See, I told you my mind is brought how many verses? Two. Okay. What was wrong with the first verse? Why? Whenever my mind is brings two verses, it's 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 uh, particularly that way. He doesn't just throw in verses. So the first verse wasn't enough. What did the first verse say? You should worship God. That doesn't tell you a lot because you're right. How do you worship God? It's a hundred different ways. You know, you have a mezuzah on your door. You're worshiping God. How do you know it's prayer? That's why Maimonides brought the second verse. The second verse says you should worship God with all your heart. Okay? Now there's a certain worshiping of God with all your heart. That's not a mezuzah. I'm going to explain some more why it's not. But it's not a mezuzah. That's prayer. Now, by the way, maybe we'll get that later, this answers why Maimonides brought the second verse. But if you have a Talmudic mind, there's a question which comes up right away. Then why did Maimonides bring the first verse? Okay, that's Talmudic logic, you know. This is the first verse isn't enough, so you need the second. Okay, so then skip the first one, just have the second one. Okay, we'll soon get to that. Okay? But the point is that worshiping God with our heart that is prayer. That's what prayer is. And this leads us to a major question concerning prayer. A major question. What is the crux of the mitzvah of prayer? What exactly is prayer? Now before we said prayer means if you're in need, if you need something, then you pray to God. That's a mitzvah. That's what prayer is. That is what prayer is. Then why do we call that worshipping God with our heart? You know, if I need something, and I say, God, <clears throat> I need a car, I need a house, I need this, I need that. How am I worshipping God with all my heart? You see, when I put up a mezuzah on my door, you know what kind of mitzvah that is? That's a mitzvah of action. I need a hammer, I need a good hammer, a good nail, and i got to knock it in, and make sure that the balabasta, you know what balabasta means? Make sure the balabasta doesn't, doesn't get nervous I'm breaking the house. Okay, that's how you do a mezuzah. You know, the balabas is not concerned what I feel in my heart. You know, just make sure you do a good job. Make sure it's a good, nice cover, whatever, and put it on. That's a mitzvah of action. It's not a mitzvah of the heart. It's true that if I want, I can have lofty feelings. The mitzvah is not the lofty feelings. The mitzvah is take a hammer and a nail and put a mezuzah on. It's a mitzvah of action. When you light a candle on Friday, what sort of mitzvah is that? 
That's the mitzvah of action. Take a match and light it. Your feelings are very important, but that's not what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is like the candle. Then if you put your feelings there, that makes it much better, it makes it richer, and of course it's valuable. But the mitzvah is not the feeling. The mitzvah is to light the menorah, to light the candle. Then we have another mitzvah. You know, a mitzvah called love God, fear God, awe towards God. What kind of mitzvah is that? That's not a mitzvah of action. That's the mitzvah of your heart. You have to love God. You have to have awe towards God. That's an emotional mitzvah. When it comes to prayer, what sort of mitzvah is prayer? Is prayer a mitzvah of action? Or is prayer a mitzvah of your heart? Both. It's both, exactly. It's a merging of both. Okay? Prayer means that you have to verbalize your prayer. You're going to shut your mouth and pray to God with your eyes closed, with deep concentration and deep focus. You haven't prayed. You had deep focus, but you didn't pray. That's not, that's not what prayer is. Isn't it awesome? Hold on. Prayer is verbalizing something. You need a statement with your mouth. You got to pray. You got to use. You got to hear yourself. Even when we pray Shmuel the and we do it silently, we have to hear ourselves at least. No one else has to hear. But you have to do it verbally. So it's a mitzvah of action. But even though it's a mitzvah of action, it's not the same as putting up a mezuzah. Because prayer is a mitzvah of serving God with your heart. So when you speak, it has to be with your heart. Now, what we have to define, we have to figure out what exactly, where does my heart come into the picture? I have to worship God with my heart. But what does prayer mean? Prayer means I'm in trouble, I need something. So I say to God, listen, I need a car. I need a house. I need this, I need that. How's that worshiping God in my heart? You know, I wake up one morning and I get a bill and I say, oh, I got to pay this bill. Okay, God, I got to pay this bill. Next, give me breakfast. Okay? Where did I worship God with my heart? That's what we got to figure out. How is prayer worshiping God with our heart? Don't you have to love God unconditionally without thinking? You have to pray unconditionally. Not expecting well, that's a good point you're bringing up. It's a very good point you're bringing up. That that we'll probably get to later. Uh, what you're saying is that when you ask God for something, whether God grants your request or not, doesn't change the fact that I'm praying to God, which is true. That's a true statement. When you pray to God, your mitzvah is to ask. Your mitzvah is not that God should grant your request. That's Hashem's problem. If He decides to grant your request, He'll do it. Or if He decides not to do it, physically, whatever, that's His decision. But our mitzvah is to ask God, okay? Our problem now is, our question is, and this is a very big question, how is praying to God, worshiping God with our hearts? That's the big question. If I'm asking Hashem a request, how is it worshiping God with our hearts? Imagine your child comes over and says, Mommy, could I have a candy? Did you ever say that to you, Mommy? <laughs> okay. That's not worshipping a parent with a heart. That's a plain simple request. My man, I want a candy. Finish. So when I go over to God and I say, I want my candy. I have a different, more sophisticated candy, okay? I want, you know, the 1999 uh, huh? car. Do you want a new car? <laughs> well, it says worship God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That means you give all, you're surrendering yourself to Hashem, all of you, your heart, your mind, and your soul. And you have a connection with Hashem at that point 
when you can do that. I'm not saying that, you know, we can do it all the time. But praying to God and loving Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, that means all of us, the, the total person. That's right. That's right. That's right. In other words, in other words, prayer has two elements. One element of prayer is connect to God. Forget about your needs. Forget about your requests. Just connect to God. That's one part of prayer. Another part of prayer is, I have a request. I want something. I need something. That's another part of prayer. Now, the, the Talmud tells us that Hasidim Harishonim, the original Hasidim, going back 2,000 years ago, Hasidim Harishonim, they would spend nine hours every day in prayer. Nine hours every day in prayer. I'll tell you what they did. They spend an hour before prayer getting ready for prayer. Deep thought. They spend an hour praying. And they spend another hour applying their prayer to their lives. They did it three times a day, giving you a total of nine hours. These were Hasidim Horishainim. It didn't work. I'm saying what they did. This is what they prayed. <laughs> I mean, they had time. I don't know what they're saying. Okay. Now, when this is described in Shulchan Aruch, it says they reached the state of Hispashtus Hagashmius. <coughs> Gashmius means physicality. Hispashtus means undressing of physicality. They reached the state of Hispashtus Hagashmius, undressing physicality. And they reached a state of me'ein nevuah, a reflection of prophecy. This is the state that they reached. This was chesidim Rishonim. Now let me ask you, when they were spending nine hours praying, praying, what were they thinking about? Were they thinking about a Cadillac? Were they thinking about paying the bills? What were they thinking about? Great. They were thinking about God. They weren't thinking about their needs. Their focus was God, okay? This is one part of prayer. Focus to God. The other part of prayer is, I need something, God. I need this and this. I'm giving you a list of the things that I need. Please give it to me. Two elements of prayer. Now, one of these two corresponds to kachim. What's kachim? Sacrifices. Okay. The other one corresponds to maizabreshes to creation. Which is which? One is healing and one is um, when the part of prayer which is connecting to God. That sacrifice. That sacrifices connecting to God. The part of prayer which is, God, I need something, what's that? That's creation. These are two elements of prayer. Okay? Now, the part of prayer which is cut to, which is sacrifices, connecting to God, when it comes to that, what comes first? Which comes first? The morning, shachis, mincha, and the evening services. That's kachin. When it comes to the other part of prayer, what's the other part? The creation part. I need something. When it comes to that, what's the first prayer? Mind is the first one. Then you get to Shach, and then you get to Mincha. First is the evening prayer. Okay. <coughs> so therefore, getting back to our question, our original question, what's the order of prayer? Which prayer is first and which is third? Some said it's morning and evening, some said it's evening, more. Uh, who's right? At this point, before you go on, you're both right. Because there are two elements to prayer. You have the kachim part, the sacrifice, and that follows the pattern of a sacrifice first in the morning, afternoon, evening. Then you have the other thing. 
the Maisabreshis, the request. When it comes to that, you have night, morning, and afternoon. Okay? Now, the next step is that even though you're both right, but remember I told you before, not completely. Not completely. Okay? Because in the, fi the final law says, I'll, I'll tell you what the law says. I'll tell you a piece of the discussing prayer. The Talmud says like this. If you forgot to pray the morning prayer, Shachris, what should you do? So Talmud says, huh, what should you do? Pray the afternoon prayer twice, Mincha twice. Twice Shemayin Eslam. Okay? If you forgot the evening service, what should you do? Daven Shachris. Pray Shachris twice. In the morning. In the morning twice, right. Right, twice. Right. Right. Okay. What happens if... Then the Talmud asks the question, but what happens if you forgot the afternoon service? What should you do then? That's the question. And the Talmud says, you know, there's two sides. On one side, should we say that it's too late? If you forgot the afternoon service, you can't do twice the evening service. Why? Because we have a rule in sacrifices that if you miss the sacrifices on Sunday, you can't make it up on Monday. So prayer corresponds to sacrifices. And Mincha, you forgot to pray. Mincha is the afternoon service. So it's too late. You can't pray twice in the evening because it's a different day. Or should you say... It's a question of the Talmud, the two sides. Or should you say, it's okay, pray the evening also because prayer is compassion and you could always ask compassion, so pray twice in the evening. That's the Talmud's question. That's a good question, but not too many questions, please. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Well, one second, one second. The Talmud has two ways. Okay. I didn't say the answer. And the answer is not important for us right now. That what's important for us is the question. The question of the Talmud teaches us something about prayer. It teaches us something about the order of prayer. What does it teach us? That when it comes to prayer, what's the first prayer and what's the last prayer? No. The Talmud is teaching us that the first is the evening, then the shachas, then the mincha. That's why the Talmud had a doubt from mincha, from the afternoon to the evening. What do you do? The Talmud did not have a doubt from the evening prayer to the morning prayer. For that, there was no doubt. There was no doubt in the Talmud that if you didn't pray in the evening, what do you do? Twice shachas, twice in the morning. There was no doubt about that. Why wasn't there a doubt? Because it's one day. It, evening is the first one, morning is the second one. The only doubt the Talmud has was from the afternoon to the night. Mm -hmm. Because should we say because it's a different day then you can't make it up or still it's okay? So you see from the Talmud that ultimately... What's the first prayer? The evening is the first one. Then the morning, then the afternoon. That's the ultimate ruling. So therefore, I said that you're not completely right. It's true that prayer has two elements. Two elements. But ultimately, the final ruling says that the evening one is the first, then the morning, then the afternoon. But let's think about that. What did we say before? If the first prayer is the night, then which part of prayer are we focusing on? 
I'm not clear. I'm not clear. If the order the prayer is first evening, morning, and afternoon, if that's the order, okay, which element of prayer decides such an order? Remember we said that creation. too? Creation, right? Creation, which is your request, okay? So that's the place. Let me see if you can figure this out. I know I'm, I'm, I'm this is like a little fruitful. What's the main part of prayer? Based on all the information we have till now, what's the main part of prayer? Is it cut? Is it cleaving to God? Or your requests? Your requests. According to the Talmud? Yes, your requests. That's the main part of the prayer. Well, according to what he just said, that's the main part of prayer, your requests. That's why the order of the prayer is the evening, morning, and afternoon. Because that's the main part of prayer. Okay? So now, this leads us to a question, if the main part of prayer is your request, then where does the other part of prayer come into the picture? This part of cleaving to God, if we're saying it's not the main part, then where does that fall into the picture? Okay. Now the answer to this question, I first have to tell you a Talmudic concept. You don't mind learning uh, no, some Gemara? No, 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 no. Okay. There's a Talmudic logic which makes distinction between Gavra and Chefza, person and object. Gavra's person, Chefza's object. Okay? I'll explain what I mean. Let's look at prohibitions and then we'll see it more. The Torah says, don't do something. Let's give an example. Don't do something. Prohibition. Is the prohibition directed towards the gavra, towards the person? Or is it directed towards the action that you shouldn't do? The action that you shouldn't do. Okay. Now let me give you an example. The Torah says, don't eat non-kosher food. Is the Torah directing the prohibition on the food or on the person? On the person. On the food or on the person? Answer the question. The food or the person? No, the person. I can't so make it logical by saying the person. Well, who's he talking to? He's talking to the person when he says don't eat the non-kosher food. Well, what's the problem with eating kosher food? Is it the food the problem or is the person the problem? The, the food is the problem. <laughs> the food is the problem. The answer is Both. that the food <laughs> is the problem. Food the food has some prohibition in it, it has some impurity, it has what's called Shalosquipus it has the three lowest levels of impurity. So the Torah says, this food is poison for you. It's not kosher, in the spiritual sense. This is poison for your soul. So the Torah says, don't eat the food, why? Where's the problem? The problem is in the food. Then the Torah says, on Yom Kippur, don't eat. Don't eat on Yom Kippur, prohibition. Where's the problem there? In the food or in the person? In the person. In the person. Okay, that's the Gabon. The food is kosher, the food is, nothing wrong with the food. But you got a problem. For you it's Yom Kippur, you can't eat it. Okay, so some prohibitions of the Torah are geared to the chetzah, to the object, and some are geared to the Gabon, to the person. Likewise in positive mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs are geared to an action, and some are geared to the person. Each mitzvah you have to dissect by itself and study what's the mitzvah. And some mitzvahs have an adjoining of both, of the gavra and the chetzah. Okay, now, now let me explain this a little bit more. Let's take an example of 
of uh, a coining. Coining. Are there any coining in, in this room? No, I'm the only coin here. Okay. <laughs> we coin him. Uh, we have certain mitzvahs which you don't. Like, for example, what mitzvah do we have to bless? Priestly blessing, right there. You have to listen to our blessing, but we got to say the blessing. Okay? Now, when you look at the mitzvah of the priestly blessing, you have to distinguish between two parts to the mitzvah. One part is, what is the mitzvah? Number two, who is fit to do the mitzvah? What is the mitzvah? The blessing. That's the chefts of the mitzvah. That's the object of the mitzvah. The object of the mitzvah is, bless the Jewish people. Then you have the God for the person. What kind of person could bless? Only a kind. Only a kind. Okay? Likewise, in, in many... In many mitzvahs you have that. You have to distinguish between between two things. The object of the mitzvah, objective, but the object, what the mitzvah is, and who does the mitzvah. Okay, now let's speak about prayer. Prayer has two parts. What I don't, what I don't understand, the Kohen is the priest is the highest, and the priestly, and, and, and I don't understand why they can't, I know they cannot go to a cemetery or a uh, hospital. You know, to visit, you can't go to hospital to visit patients to bestow blessings on them. I don't understand that. Okay, that's a different question. That's that's dealing with Kohenim. But let, let's stick to our, let's focus to our issue now. Okay. So we have to distinguish who is. Oh, we're getting to the equal right issue now. Okay, I knew so, that. So you want I knew we're going to get into that. So you want us now to distinguish the you want us to dissect something the yeah, object it, and the and the person. Right. When it comes to prayer, that's exactly what I want you to do now. When it comes to prayer, let's see what the object of the mitzvah is. What is the object of, what is pr- the mitzvah prayer? And then let's speak about the gavra, the person that's fit to pray. That's what we're going to do now. Okay? Now, let's speak about the object of prayer. What is prayer? The answer to the question is, the mitzvah of prayer, the object of prayer is request. That's what the mitzvah of prayer is, your request. That's the object of tefillah. Now, then we, we get to the other, what's the other part? The person. The person who prays. Okay, that's the gavel, the person. The person who prays has to be a special person to pray. Now, I'm going to explain what I mean when I say special. Special means that before you pray, you have to have time out. Time out. Before you pray, time out. For what? You have to think and realize and recognize that you are standing in front of the king of all kings. Like a slave in front of his master. That's the time out before prayer. Before prayer, you stop and you think, hey, I'm talking to God now. Now when you talk to God, when you prepare to talk to God, you become a different person. You become a different person. Now, it's a little bit hard hard to understand, but I'm going to explain this. I can understand this from Yechidus. You know what Yechidus is? Yechidus is when you have a private audience with the Rebbe. That's called Yechidus. When you go to Yechidus and you're in front of the Rebbe, you're not the same person. You're a different person. Your whole recognition realization is, the Rebbe is here. You're a different person. 
Everything, no, I'll give you an example. What I, what I mean when I say different person. I'll explain what I mean. You know, in normal life, I, you know, a person has their lusts, their desires, people they like, people they hate, you know, whatever, you know, everything that happens in the human experience. When you're in front of the Rebbe, none of that exists. You're in a different world. You're in a world that the Rebbe is there. You're a different person. Okay, when you're praying to God, before you start praying, time out. What do you do during the time out? Stop and think that you are now talking to the king of all kings. And when you recognize, when you put yourself in such a frame of mind, such a frame of heart, you're a different person. You're a different gavra. You're a special person. You're now fit to pray. But if you don't do that, if you don't take time out before prayer, and you just open up the prayer book and you just start, you know, muttering words, then maybe you got the prayer. But you have no one that's praying. The God was missing. The person who's supposed to pray, you're not there. Just like it takes a kohen to give the priest the priestly blessings, it takes a person who's in a state of praying to do the prayer. But if the person didn't reach the state of praying, then he missed the boat. So these are the two elements of prayer. One element is the prayer itself. What's the prayer itself? Request. That's prayer. You ask God for something. That's the prayer itself. But before you do that, you have to be in a certain frame of mind, frame of heart. You have to be a different person. You have to be a special person. And that takes the preparation before prayer. When you take time out and you focus that you are going to talk to God now. So these are the two elements of prayer. One part of prayer is kachim. What's kachim? Sacrifices. Sacrifices represent connection to God, cleaving to God. You have to cleave to God for the sake of the gavla, for the sake of the person. You have to be a different person. That's why we have this element of prayer, cleaving to God, because that's the gavla. That makes you fit to start praying to God. But what's the actual mitzvah? The actual mitzvah is not cleaving to God. The actual mitzvah is, God, I need something. That's the chefzah. That's the object of the mitzvah. So therefore, getting back to the order of the prayer, the ultimate order of prayer is creation. Because what's the mitzvah of prayer? Your request. It starts with the night, morning, and afternoon. That's creation. That's your request. Then where does the other part of prayer come in? You know, worshiping God with all your heart, sacrifices, cleaving to God. Where does that come into the picture? The answer is that makes you a person fit to do the mitzvah of prayer. Just like you have to be a koyen to do the priestly blessing, you have to be, how do you say the, the person who prays? Is there a word in English for that? <laughs> okay, whatever that word is, that's what you got to be in order to pray. So that's true. I guess the best word I can You have to be in a prayerful mood, okay? You have to be a prayerful person in order to pray. No, see, when it comes to a kohen, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. You know, a kohen, besides being a kohen, then you can bless people, but there's another element that the kohen needs. You know what the kohen needs before he blesses everyone? During the blessing, he has to love everyone. That's why when the kohen says the priestly blessing, he says, Blessed are 
that commanded us to bless the Jewish people with love. That's what we say. The coin has to love the people. If the coin doesn't love the people, it's not a blessing. Yeah. Isn't it the Kohen? That's worse. Yeah. That's the toughest mitzvah. I know tougher mitzvahs than that. The Kohen is the one who gives the baby back at a pit and then. That's 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 another job we have. Yeah. Okay. That's how we make money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so just like the Kohen has to love the people in order to bless them. That's like his preparation. Likewise. Before you pray, you have to be a prayerie. <laughs> if you're a prayerie, you can start praying. How do you become a prayerie? Cleave to God. After you cleave to God and you're connected to God, you're a different person. Oh, now you can start talking to God. That's why the Talmud says that when that's why the system of Shemayin Es of eight blessings is first you praise God and then you have your requests. What's the system based on? It's based on this: first you praise God to cleave to God. So before I was telling you, before prayer, time out. You got to remember who you're talking to. But even during prayer, you have the same system. During prayer, the beginning of prayer is first praise God, cleave to God. Oh, then you can start asking your request. Questions? Okay. It says God knows the heart and people could only see. What other people feel, I can't tell you. All I can tell you is that a kind that blesses the people is supposed to love the people. It even says that if there's someone that hates the Kayan, he should leave the shul during the blessing because it's dangerous. He's supposed to love everyone. There's supposed to be a relationship of love. Okay? I don't think they should know. Well, I Well, if you look at it at first glance, the connection to God is the higher one. And and in fact, according to Kabbalah and Ksudis, that's the main part of prayer. But in a, in a certain sense, there's an advantage in your request, even over cleaving to God. There's an advantage to that. And that's the, the next part which we didn't get to, where I, w- I wanted to explain this point. But in the simple sense, cleaving to God is the higher part. Okay? Prayer has two parts. One part is cleave to God. Why? Because that way you become a prayeree. Then you get to the actual mitzvah. What's the actual mitzvah? God, I need something. Okay? That's two parts of prayer. The mitzvah itself is the request, not cleaving to God. The request, that's the mitzvah. But you need the other part for the request to be valid. The other part is cleave to God, become a prayeree. Now you can start requesting. Now if your question is, okay, which of these two is the higher level? Cleaving to God is the higher level. But when you're talking still about two hours of prayer, I'm not talking about two hours of prayer. I'm talking about prayer as, as one uh, thing one and performing a mitzvah as another entity. I didn't understand how you were dissecting it. You're saying one part is the prey and one is the mitzvah? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I always thought that if you, if you do 
That's a very good question. It's a very good question. It's a very good question. Um, there's a book that was written a hundred years ago. It's called Chidushe Agrach. Over there he says that if you don't have this recognition of your finger of God, he says, don't even pray. That's what he says. The other quotes back and he says, don't take it literally. No. The other says you should pray. You should. But try to get the deeper meaning. But you should certainly pray anyway. No, the, p- the point is that um, you have a mitzvah praying to ask the requests, okay? Then you have the right way of doing this. And it's very hard to measure at which point you have it right and which point you have it wrong. It's very difficult to measure. Because you can have one person that will spend an hour thinking and thinking, and then when he gets to the prayer, he's not there. You can have someone that didn't even think before, but in the back of your mind, yeah, I'm talking to God. And you, then you have a feeling, ah, I didn't have time to prepare. That feeling might be more valuable than the one who spent an hour preparing. Because it's very difficult to measure at which point do you recognize that and which point you don't. It's very vague. Only God could tell. And only what we could tell ourselves, but not someone else, okay? So when you're praying, so some recognition you have, okay? So stick with that. If you get more, get more.
Mincha, okay? Now it says, the Talmud says that Mincha is the greatest prayer. Why is Mincha the greatest prayer? Why is it more than Shachas? That's right. That's right. You know, my love is at night, you're just tired, okay? Before you go to sleep, you pray, big deal. Shachas, you know, before you go to work, you pray. But this is smack in the middle of work. You know, in the middle of work, you gotta start praying. That's the most difficult, that's the most precious, okay? Now, on the other hand, on one hand, we're saying it's so precious, but where, where do you imagine a person is more kabbana, you know, more focused? Shachas or minchas? Right, but yet minchas is more valuable, okay? You can never measure, you know, if you're in washing the dishes, and then you spend two minutes praying, in the eyes of God, it might be more valuable than someone that spent two hours praying. We can't measure this. It says that minchas is so precious that even Eliyahu Hanavi, a line to the Prophet, wasn't answered only on Mincha. Mincha is very precious. So we shouldn't do, you know, the measuring, ah, I don't have enough, so forget it. That's wrong. What you should say is, I don't have enough. Ah, I've got to try harder. That's the right approach. And even the desire to try harder, that itself is precious in the eyes of God. But feeling bad that you don't have desire is also precious in the eyes of God. You know, and, and, and if you don't feel bad, <laughs> then feeling bad if you don't feel bad. Yes. Well, the difference between a koyin and a in Israel. It's a minor difference. In other words, it's applicable only in specific situations. In most issues, it doesn't matter if you're a Kohen or Levi Yisrael. You know, we're all Jews and that's it. The major issue that's important is that a Kohen cannot marry a divorcee. That's like a major issue. And then, who's going to, when you call him to the Torah, which number, first, second, or third? But these are just certain issues, in most issues. Well, so, so then we assume you're Israelite. That's the assumption. Yeah. Okay, have a good prayer week. A great prayer week. In, in Noah could say that God remembered Noah. What did he remember? How she said, pray with Noah. We spoke about that. Right, we didn't go for the food. But that was, that was the, that was the excuse. I'm just going to continue next week on prayer roll for the second session. Should we follow it up? Yeah, we'll follow it up. So, okay. um, in, in one line, can you say what, what's the, um, is the answer to the question then, if there's two opinions? There's two. No, which question? The original question that you get, I'm going to ask you an innocent question. The order of prayer. The order of prayer. Right. The ultimate answer is night, morning, and afternoon. That is the order. Okay. But there's also another element which has to do with the person's preparation for prayer. And when it comes to that, it's morning, afternoon, and night. So prayer itself is evening, morning, and afternoon. That's what prayer itself is. That's the ultimate answer. But the person's preparation for prayer, when it comes to that, it's morning, afternoon, and evening.